Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Lane loves viral internet stuff. He needs to walk into Rocco's. Right. And buy a thousand jello shots. Yeah. With SI's Pat Forty. They like having the NCAA as a fairly incompetent cop. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Small sample Heisman, Pat. We're getting right to it. Whoa, whoa. Hello, right. record book. Hello, small sample Heisman. How about that? Sorry, I know. No football is being played. <laughs> Doesn't matter. This must be good. When people deserve a small sample Heisman, they get the small sample Heisman. We deliver. Here we go. Whoever the hell at Rocco's Pizzeria and Cantina in downtown Omaha came up with the idea of the Jello Shot Challenge during the College World Series. And I believe that person is uh, Kevin Coljat. He's the owner. Okay. Yeah, if I haven't seen this, he sells Jello Shots. Buys. He does not make his own because this just would be too much gelatin. <laughs> supply chain issue, supply chain. Uh, he gets these little packets of Jello shot. Based on some calculations, seems like each shot is about one third of an actual shot. Mm. Um, keeps score on uh, which team has ordered the most Jello shots. Which team's fan base? Fan base, yeah. yeah. Not, well, maybe the team. I mean, maybe once your team's eliminated, you know, yeah. Maybe even before your team's eliminated. Yeah, all of Texas is two hundred and twenty-four were the team since they were the first eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the 2022 Jello Shot Challenge right now. This is this is live uh, scoring per Tuesday morning. We have uh, Arkansas in the lead with 6,526 Jello shots. Holy oh moly! That's Old more than Miss, that's more than double of, of the all-time record Mississippi State set set last year. By the way, really yeah, broke Mississippi State's record. They're very proud. They are also beating Ole Miss at 5428. Uh, wow. The other schools did not seem as inclined to jump in on this as Ar- <laughs> Arkansas and Ole Miss are very enthusiastic here. <laughs> Texas A&M is a distant third at 611. Oh, my. Yeah, it's a big gap. Then we have Notre Dame at 399, Oklahoma at 356, Auburn at 355. Texas is just completely disinterested. Uh, they're too highfalutin to be doing jello shots. 224. And Stanford is like, give me, is there, is can, does it come in a nice... Pinot, uh, you know, Grigio or, uh, you know, <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc. They only have 160. They're way behind. Proximity uh, to Napa, I think, is probably the, the the closer you are, the less like you are likely you are to be into Jello shots. Jello okay. shots is not the Stanford fan thing. Uh, these are $4.50 a Jello shot. Now, the margin on this thing must be enormous. Uh, that's $63,265.50 in jello shots this guy has has uh, has sold so far during the College World Series. Genius. Have, genius. And they have hell of a pizza, too. So that, and you've yes, been there, Sully? I, I have been there. I have, you've I've been there, too. pizza at Rocco's. It's good. Yeah. Did you, either yep. of you have a jello shot? Yes. I did not. After <laughs> Tennessee got eliminated last year, me and my buddies... <laughs> We tried that they were doing not so good in the standings, and we tried to put a little dent into it to make it respectable before we left Omaha. Um, was that before or after you split your shorts? That was <laughs> that was that was after. That was a couple okay. days after. So a couple okay. days after. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't remember the exact sequence of events. Right. Some dude in Omaha who owns a pizza shop being able to buy like a massive lake house because he convinced <laughs> Mississippi 
and Arkansas fans to wage a, a rather unhealthy fight over who can consume more jello shots. That, my friends, is not just the small sample Heisman. That is the American dream. <laughs> if the people of these two states, like, let me put it this way. Other states, the residents of other states would look at the basic, they look around and say, hey, let's put a, pour a ton of resources and energy in not being like 50th or 49th and like childhood literacy, <laughs> infant mortality, infrastructure, right? But those states have got it all wrong. Mississippi Clearly. and Arkansas have their priorities right. And they're like, damn straight, we're going to win the Jello Shot Challenge at the College, college Baseball World Series. This is what we do here. Yeah. We don't care about your childhood obesity. <laughs> we don't care about your infrastructure. We don't care about your per capita income. See how many jello shots we are able to consume here in Arkansas? <laughs> that, that is a state and a fan base worth emulating. I give the small sample Heisman to everybody. The whole two states. <laughs> Mississippi State for breaking the record last year. Ole Miss coming in and doubling up, and then Arkansas just blowing everybody up. I mean, there's literally people in Mississippi. We can't let Mississippi State have this record. <laughs> Hell no. I mean, this is just greatest marketing idea ever. This guy's made sixty thousand dollars in Jello shots off these people. No, it's uh, it's genius. It's inspired. Now the question is, where's he building the lake house? Though I mean, you know, they, they, they're, they're, there ain't a lot of choice property in Nebraska for that. He it, might go down, he might go down going, to Shady Gators, Lake of the Ozarks, Shady Gators territory. Okay, well, the way this is going, he's going to move to Malibu. That's where the lake house is going to be. <laughs> uh, he spoke to uh, Sirius Radio. Good work by them. It went kind of went ballistic. Cole Jet said, Arkansas took the party room the other morning on Saturday. We opened at morning. Nine. Yeah, Saturday morning. We open at nine. At about 830, there's probably 100 Arkansas fans outside waiting to get in. Oh, dear Lord. They rolled in at nine, and between nine and one, they purchased 1,000 Jello shots. <laughs> Come on, man. Between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m., Purchased a thousand jello shots. That was a pretty good roll. Then the old miss guys came in. At one point, I think there was a guy buying 100 at a time for old miss. Oh, my. it's just insane. I've created a monster here and it's kind of fun to just sit back and watch. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, I bet. You're, <laughs> right. you're selling one third of a shot in alcohol <laughs> with some terrible gelatin at 450 a pop <laughs> on like a Tuesday morning. <laughs> Home downtown Omaha. Uh, yeah, Warren so Buffett tips his cap to this guy. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the championship round of the dang thing yet. I mean, they've got several, several days to go of just raking it in. They boy, I, I hope the I hope them hogs and them rebels keep fighting, as Keith well, Keith Jackson once said. I mean, Ole Miss is a thousand behind right now. So they can round. But the, I did see the lane train flew in. Yeah, see, you know what? That could change the equation quickly. Lane loves viral internet stuff. He needs to walk into Rocco's right. and buy a thousand jello shots. Yeah. Start a hottie toddy chant on the bar and just buy every <laughs> And Rebel then fan. say, what yeah. do I got to do to get one ahead of Arkansas and buy them all? I mean, look at Lane, <laughs> buddy. You're making plenty. Yeah. You could afford, you know, like a $45,000 bar tab. This is no, this is the perfect lane vehicle right here, you know, for him to show up and be Buy the 10,000, be the jello shot hero. Yeah. For buy for all my 10,000 jello shots right off the 45 grand, put it on the expense account, slap it, on. slap them on a cooler and just start tossing them on the way to the stadium. And that, that I mean, I <laughs> think every, every recruit would want to play for you. Where are you, Sam Pittman? Where are you? That's what he's got to be doing. <laughs> Sam Pittman and the Must Bus are both in town too, so they could they could are also. They? Okay. Just, oh, you know what? Must Bus loves a good challenge too. He's he's very he's very online. I could see him getting into this. This is great. Absolutely phenomenal. I, I mean, this this guy's like, hey, let's try this Jello shot challenge thing, and now he's just <laughs> breaking it in. He's got a pizza place. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. God bless America. They're, they're, you know, 
20 other good places to drink in downtown Omaha near there. But this place is, uh, has found the vehicle, uh, you know, get college fans, A, to drink a lot, of, but B, to make it a competition. And now you've now you're on to something. You're right. There are a lot of really good bars by that stadium. And there I, are. I, I wouldn't. It, this guy's needed to pick something to to bring them over the top and, and really stand out. And yeah. Had, yeah. Had to. Yeah. Because you're I mean, I'm sure the pizza is good. You said um, yeah. you're competing with an alcoholic beverage that nobody really likes. <laughs> right. Like, you're not sitting there going, hey, I've got a better beer selection than these guys. Eh, probably not. Everyone's got a good beer selection. Yeah, Blatt's I've, down, the, down the first baseline probably oh yeah. has the best beer selection. Yeah. Get, get that and so. the, the, the bratwurst there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't win that. You can't really do, oh, I got better tequila or something. now. I mean, everyone's got that. No, this is it. Let's go low dog. <laughs> and we don't even deal with the Stanford or Notre Dame people. They're over somewhere <laughs> else getting a good steak and a nice Merlot. We have four SEC teams that come to this thing every year. What would really get their exactly? Get their wheels no, yeah. Know your audience. All right. So who on this list are you most disappointed in? Okay. So Arkansas and Ole Miss, we plot. Uh, Auburn, Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A and Stanford and Notre Dame. We're just writing off. They're whatever. They're non-competitors. Yeah. Uh, no. Texas, Texas A and M, Auburn, and Oklahoma. Not up to the challenge. Do we? Is this a is this a negative or do you look at it like the Auburn people are like I ain't going near these other guys? No, I like think it's abs- well, it's absolutely a negative. You got to get in there and fight for your school, man. I, I'm disappointed in Texas, but they also were the first team eliminated. So you Still, know, I could see them doing the two hundred. I don't think they want to be a rat. The Texas fans think they're above. Oh yeah, of the course. Arkansas and Ole Miss. They they look at them as like guys from the sticks. That's a little. They're a little rough around the edges. I don't want to hang out with them. Well. I will say this. Uh, I, I watched uh, some of Notre Dame and Texas, the, the that Friday night game, and either Notre Dame bought every ticket or I think more likely everyone else there hates Texas because they're in the same little group with Texas A&M and Oklahoma. And you want to talk about a couple of schools that hate Texas. So, yeah, if you're Texas fans, you, you probably better be careful where you're going around town. You're going to be outnumbered by people who dislike you intensely everywhere. So beyond that, I'm disappointed in Oklahoma, though. I mean, that team's rolling. Where are the Sooner fans drinking their Jello shots? 356? Come I on. Agree. 356. I and they're agree. one ahead of Auburn. But see, here's the problem. If to drink the Jello, to eat the Jello shot, you have to be around the Arkansas and Ole Miss fans. <laughs> like, I mean, if a hundred Ole Miss, Ar- oh, was it Arkansas fans were there at 830 in the morning, then if you want to you want some jello shots at 9 a.m. You got to hang out with a hundred guys from Arkansas. And for reasons the rest of us will never understand, I think the people at Oklahoma look down on Arkansas. <laughs> Boy. That's, and they're like, I yeah. don't want to be here because you got to I get mean, in at there. best they should look sideways at them because there ain't that much difference. So and then you know what? They want to be in the same league with them. So gotta get in the bar with them. But A and M has no one just come in and bought them all and put them on A and M. I I think you got to see him. Con- that's my concern. This would be NIL out of control. This is what Coach Saban's warning us about. This is it. Yeah. The Texas A&M Collective just buys all the Jello shots and wins Rocco's challenge. <laughs> what we kind need- of sport is that? You got to earn it on the field. You got to earn it at the bar. You got to eat every one of those horrible watermelon Jello shots. <laughs> we we need sliced bread on the ground and uh, <laughs> boots on the ground in, in Omaha. Sliced bread. Reporting on this. Come on. Where are you, man? I had I had tickets clearly for uh Omaha this year and uh that didn't work out. And nope. instead of instead of Tennessee there and, and Sully there, there's a cooler outside of this Rocco's place with a sign that says free volunteers in there from Arkansas oh. fans. Oh, oh. oh. that hurts Sully. you. Yeah. Sully, how was the jello shot at Rocco's? I mean, it's your average Jello shot. It wasn't anything to write home about. <laughs> How old are you when you think Jello shots really aren't that? Like, I would say, uh, eight? yeah, eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had my last Jello shot when I was eight. I would say about twenty, <laughs> twenty-one maybe. Yeah, twenty I, of your. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody gave me one a couple of years ago, and I was like, really? These things still exist. <laughs> oh, they exist. You know? yeah. Endless parade of 17-year-old girls <laughs> that exist. Okay, <laughs> every year there's a new crop of them. <laughs> right. So the Jello <laughs> shot, it really has, it's it's got a great, it's having a great run. It's just eventually you're like, why would I do that? Yeah. Right. 
Why would I pay four fifty for one third of a drink and it, I have to eat it and it tastes like crap? Who eats Jello anyway? <laughs> Kids. Bill Cosby or something? Kids. Like what is this? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, kind of makes a lot more sense now. Oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I mean, out in in terms of alcohol that you age out of early, Jello shots might be the leader. You know, <laughs> for me, Zima. Like, Zima. Yeah. <laughs> Jägermeister, you needed to age out of Jäger early because it'll kill you if you don't. Well, not in Arkansas. I'll tell you what. I know where I'm taking my vacations. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I bet they serve jello shots at Shady Gators in Missouri. I and, you know, there's all sorts of Arkansas do. people go up there for that. Sure. I like uh, I like your style, Arkansas. Woo pig. Love your priorities. Uh, they oh, Arkansas and Ole Miss also played in the fee, on the field. Uh Ole Miss won 13 to five, but who cares? Yeah. That's just Arkansas baseball. still. Remember, they played that ridiculous shootout game in football in the fall, uh, which I think negatively impacted Wetzel in the race for the case, if I, if I recall correctly. But uh, uh, oh, Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole, right. Did Ole Miss won that game, right? Yeah, by one. So, one point. Yeah, right? Arkansas fans got a win at the bar because they did not win. It was like 50 on the football field. 50 to 49 or something crazy. Yeah, it was, it was really like a 53 52, mm-hmm. miss mm-hmm. a two pointer or something at the end. Yeah. Should get or points in that Sears Cup thing or whatever they call it now, right? It's like, what's that one with the all athletics? Yeah, the, the Capital One. The Director's Cup. There's Director's two of them. Cup. That, the, the, the Rocco shot challenge should be. <laughs> Factor included. that in. Well, yeah. Texas, Texas probably still won it because Stanford's not doing yeah. it. Yeah. No. Te- like Texas wins Title the Director's Cup for the second year in a row. All right, let's get to a little football. I can talk jello shots all day, but yeah, we probably should. We probably should. Uh, Probably should. (laughs) Probably should do a little football. Uh, All right, so this was the most interesting thing to happen this week, which tells you about this week. But no, uh, Louisville, a commitment from Ruben Owens, who's a top 100 running back. Uh, He's ranked 20th nationally. He'll end up being a five-star probably from Rivals. Uh, he hails from El Campo, Texas, which is a small town, sort of sort of South Texas, I guess. I don't know. Texas is big, so I get a little someone might yell at me and say, no, nah, it's central or I don't know, whatever. But Texas, Texas A&M wanted him. I think he used to be committed to Texas. TCU. Everybody wanted this kid. Uh, big time recruit. He is headed to uh, Louisville. This is their second top 100 recruit in the last month. Uh, they also got DeAndre Moore, a wide receiver out of Los Alamitos, California. Earlier this spring, they got a four-star defensive back, Aaron Williams, from Bellflower, California. They got another uh, a tight end. Uh, they got another athlete from Bellflower, California. They got a tight end from Inglewood. Their recruits are crazy. Florida, Georgia, more California, more Georgia. Pierce Clarkson's a really good quarterback from uh, California is going to Louisville. He's a top 100 player. Uh, Scott Satterfield on the hot seat with uh, with Jeff Brom uh, hanging out at like the Elks Lodge talking about taking his job <laughs> earlier this spring for Purdue. And instead, Satterfield comes back with a vengeance on the recruiting trail. Now, they're not they don't have a ton of commitments, but they are. I mean, they are landing top players. These are three top 100 players going to Louis, a struggling Louisville program. Pat. What the hell's going on down there other than uh, NIL? Oh, I think you spelled it pretty well right there. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. It really is because, yes, uh, there were a lot of people in the city of Louisville who wanted uh, Scott Satterfield gone after last season, and now he is pulling a recruiting rabbit out of the hat and in a really improbable way. I mean, this is a program that has not – you know, done very well the last three, four, five years. When they have gotten big-time recruits, they have almost all been local kids or occasionally you get a maybe an underrated gem out of Florida, a Lamar Jackson, a Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is pretty highly rated. Uh, some other players out of, you know, the, the South. They're going and raiding California. I mean, it's unbelievable. They get a running back from Texas, as you said, a you know, like a, a, a composite five-star guy who will end up being a five-star uh, and I think you have to be able to connect the dots and say, yes, there's, this is NIL at work, although there's no obvious 
person you're looking at saying, okay, that's how this is happening. But let's let's be honest. How else is it happening? Why do six kids from California want to go to Louisville? Pierce Clark, Clarkson, who you mentioned, has kind of been the ringleader of this quarterback he committed early in January. His dad, Steve Clarkson, is a quarterback guru. He has ties to Adidas, which obviously outfits Louisville somewhat infamously uh, when it comes to basketball. Victims. They're victims. Yeah, victims. They're, yeah, well, they're, they don't feel very victimized right now because Steve Clarkson, Pierce Clarkson, and company are raking them in uh, at, at, uh, at Louisville. And I think that uh, it's just kind of snowballed since he committed. Like, he committed and he put up a billboard in Louisville about his commitment. Like, where, where did that come from? And then all of a sudden now he's been uh, – the, the quarterback's been linked to a lot of these guys. And, I, I mean, they feel like they're not done. You know, they've got some some big-time offensive linemen that they're in on. It's like, you know, them and Alabama and A&M. And it's like, really? You think you might get these guys? So, But this is what NIL could be, right? How many times have we talked about it, Dan, on the podcast? This is the kind of thing where it can level the playing field or at least disperse the talent pool a little bit as different schools that are really hungry to win find ways to leverage the new rules to their advantage and because you can't have an entire roster full of five stars and four stars because they don't all get to play. So go somewhere where you can. Yeah, and look, we don't know how this is working, but let's say they they have the collective going and they're guaranteeing this or that money. You can pick your spots and outbid a wealthier school. Louisville's not poor, certainly, and NIL opportunities are enormous because, I don't know, Pat, what is it? It's one of the biggest cities in the country with the, with no pro team. Yeah. The biggest? Yeah. Something. I- yeah, it's it's a top 50 television market and there is no pro sports within 100 miles. You know, you got to yeah. go up to Indianapolis or down to Nashville and Louisville is the Louisville and Kentucky, University of Kentucky sports are the pro teams. They are. That's that's what people care about. They always have and so yeah, there's a fan base that's willing to invest in them. And so here's the thing, it's not even so much that Louisville will have a higher rated recruiting class than uh, Texas or Texas A and M, uh, you know, because they're they won't, they probably won't, uh, or or Alabama or whatever. But it's three less top hundred players that are signing with the same five teams. That and you keep doing that across the board. It's Michigan State grabbing a couple guys, or this or that, or you know, different schools getting those, and all of a sudden, instead of like Alabama's recruiting class having twenty top hundred, you know, fifteen top hundred players, you only have eleven, ten. And over time, that just lowers them and makes them more susceptible to upsets and it's less, little less dominant or something like that. So uh, to me, this is exactly what we always predicted would happen for the teams that get aggressive. And I think what you're seeing at Louisville is a lot of schools are not aggressive. You still have you still have coaches sitting there saying, I think Harbaugh said this week, we're not paying anyone to come here and all that. But we get here, you'll make a fortune. We're Michigan. Right. That's great what he's saying, but he's got there's boosters that might say might say separately something else. But people aren't organized, but they can be. And if you're right. look, if you're a lot of schools, you're sitting there going, well, you know, if Louisville can do this, yeah, uh, you know, why not us? What if Louisville ends up with five or six top hundred players? I mean, and that's a really big distinction. Top hundred. It's basically a top th- three round draft pick. No, I mean, and just look at the recruiting rankings now, and they they will change. Let's be clear about that in the next six months before people sign. But still, as of right now, Texas Tech is number two with rivals and has four four stars. Cincinnati's number three and has four four stars. Northwestern is number seven, has three four stars. Arkansas is ten. Minnesota is eleven. They 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 don't have any fours. They've all, they're all loading up on the three stars. But still, uh, Michigan State t- coming. Seven four stars. Louisville number thirteen. Uh, Arizona sixteen. So this is we're seeing a little bit of a a, a reshaping here. At least at, for now, the opportunity for some of these schools to move up in a sport where it's almost impossible to move up on the field. Yeah. So even a little chipping away here or there can be can be significant because it it just generally lowers the, the bit. So I mean, to me, if you've got this class coming, if you're committed, Satterfield would have to like. He would have to fall on his face this year to get fired, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the the, the opportunity now is there to like just just get through this season. You don't have to be great. Uh, they do have their quarterback back, Malik Cunningham. They lost their top receiver, who 
transfer portal to Alabama. Um, so that's the other side of the equation. But still, if they are 500 or around there, he's going to get another season. I, I am sure of that. And it would be nice to not get blown out by Kentucky, as they have the last several years. <clears throat> if they get this class to signing day, then I think he's got a great chance to uh, to get a fifth season. I mean, recruiting becomes the the deal, and you look at the promise. I mean, look, if you've got a, that quarterback and that running back running his system, that's going to be – I mean, you got athletes coming. Uh, they have a tricky schedule. Yeah. Uh, there, they, I'll read it. They open at Syracuse. That's a league game. Should win that. I, I mean, you know, I don't know what Syracuse. That whatever. Uh, but they're non-conference at UCF. So yeah. Louisville coming to the bounce house on a Friday night. That's the thing. Short turnaround from another road game to start the season. You open at Syracuse, then six days later at UCF. That's that is tricky. The house will be bouncing. Uh, then they get Florida State one week later on a Friday night. Uh, then they play uh, South Florida. Then they're at BC, at Virginia. They get Pitt at home. They get Wake at home. They get a James Madison, presumably, victory. Oh, James Madison. Uh, then they're at Clemson, NC State, at Kentucky. This is a tough schedule. I mean, you yeah. those last three could be ugly. Oh, yeah. I On paper, there are five of the last six games the other team is better as of right now. The first half, you're as good as most of those teams, but for the first six are on the road. So, I mean, yeah, th- this I mean, season BC get, is a dangerous swirling. team this year. Yep. Uh, you never know with Florida State. And at UCF, I mean, that is just one of those games. It's like, oh, God. Right. I'm looking forward to watching it, but it's, you know, UCF is going to be hyped to have Louisville come in. So uh, there's a lot there. Very interesting season at Louisville. But I'll tell you what, if you're on the ropes, not, nothing better than the promise of recruits. Right, exactly. Especially from California. Tom Izzo used to always say he'd sign these classes and they, no one would get that excited because his whole Michigan State basketball teams are always like one guard from Detroit, another guard from Flint, a big man from Grand Rapids, and like someone from like some suburb in Ohio. Like that was the this is like every Tom Izzo recruiting. <laughs> he goes, I need to go. The Nothing would get the fans more excited than a seven-footer from California. He didn't even have to be any good. They just get so excited. <laughs> Well, so I just signed a seven-footer from California. They'd be all fired. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm here to tell you, I talked to somebody last night because about the Louisville recruiting situation. I knew this was going to come up today. And the question was, you know, is Pierce Clarkson really any good? And the answer was, does it matter? He's helping us get other recruits, you know? <laughs> the promise, guess a four-star QB from Cali who's uh, got a lot of friends. It's a pretty good thing to have. Oh. Sounds fantastic to to Louisville. So anyway, I mean, look, proud program. You you, you can own this. I mean, you know, this is Lamar Jackson's school, and Lamar is is pretty exciting player. A lot going on. So anyway, Louisville, uh, big big uh, step up. All right, also recruiting Cardell Tate, probably the number one wide receiver in the country or something close. Just committed to Ohio State. The Brian Hartline wide receiving recruiting and coaching up. This guy, I mean. This isn't even newsworthy anyway, any anymore, but yeah. Next big time receiver at Ohio. Ohio State has just become the spot for receivers. Yeah. I mean that and obviously in Alabama. Uh, but but you're right, like the last couple of years, it's ridiculous. I mean, when Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was like the third option, can go set a Rose Bowl record for receiving yards, then they're pretty flush with talent. And obviously Brian Hartline knows how to coach him up. And Ryan Day knows how to scheme them up. They got Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, they 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 are an assembly line right now. If you're a receiver, I don't know why you would go somewhere else. Well, and they may still get uh, Brandon Innes, another top 10 kid. So Buckeyes are loading up. We talked a little bit last week with Ross when he was on about Michigan State. Uh, and you, did, you mentioned them. They're certainly making an impact. Uh, both Michigan State and Louisville are doing this, like bringing out fancy cars on their visits and stuff. And like, I think there was a private plane. Florida did it too. Florida did it. This is the big thing. Like the car, the the the, the new indoor waterfall is like fine paying the guy with the classic car collection. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I mean, hey, first of all, for many of the young folks, it's all about the Graham, right? And so you get you get your picture taken on your recruiting visit at Churchill Downs with a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. You're you're living large there. And yes, the photo shoot. Yeah. 
All right. Then you have uh, this one, which got everyone excited. Will Randall, tight end from uh, New Orleans. Isidore Newman is heading to Texas. And he currently catches passes, of course, from Arch Manning and Isidore Newman. Mm -hmm. So that has led people to speculate that Arch is coming to Texas or that Arch dragged Texas along in an effort to them trick them into take Will Randall. <laughs> and then he's going to leave him at the, you know, because he's doing his buddy a solid. I've seen, I've seen the conspiracies yeah, already spin. Oh yeah. yeah. Not... Uh, will Arch Manning follow? Is Will Randall part of the package for Arch Manning at Texas, Pat? I kind of get the feeling that's not the way the Mannings would operate. You know, <laughs> they don't seem like the package deal types. I mean, you know, they're, they're not above manipulating a situation, as we know, with Eli Manning's draft status. But uh, I, I I have a hard time seeing there being some either either scenario, really. Well, like if you take my tight end, buddy, I'll come. Or, yeah, let's have they let the tight end go there and then we'll let him down easy. And I'm going to bolt out uh, the other way and go to Georgia. I I think Arch is going to decide in a vacuum, regardless of where his tight end is going. That's my thought. Yeah, I think so, too. It was good, though. But I, that thing made like, I think it made like the AP wire. Like, it's getting crazy with the Arch. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for Arch as much as I can feel bad for uh, someone who has been handed <laughs> yeah. so much immense talent and family privilege and all that. But like, they're trying to be low key and it's just not working. No, no. I mean, it's like impossible. I have to admit, like, it's been, I thought they would be a little more successful in keeping it low-key, but I don't, I just don't think you can with this. He needed to commit early and to just say nothing. Yeah, yeah, but we haven't gotten there. So, no, We're that's good for there. us. It's good for us. We're hey, can, can Should we make a pact that we will emergency pod when he does uh, commit? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, might have to. We might, might have, have to. to. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is out there. Since we've declared uh, ourselves the, the arch, official Arch Manning podcast. Like years ago. Yeah, oh, yeah, years yeah ago. way ahead. Uh, yeah, the kid better be pretty good or this is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> Very interesting interview uh, with Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyakov in The Athletic with uh, Nicole Arbach. Uh, he talks about a, a number of issues. NIL, and, and on NIL, his basic thing is uh, – I. You know, I do think it's important we start enforcing the three rules that everyone agreed to, which is that it should not be used for inducements. It should not be used for pay for play. The amount paid should be commiserate with the work, which is often referenced as or referred to as quid pro quo. I feel like the horse is out of the barn on all of those. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you, right now you can talk about what NIL should be, but we know what it is and it's not what it's not what the people that uh, in administrative positions were expecting. And I just I don't think that you're going to be able to go back on that. I, I mean, what what we what works in recruiting is what is going to be the reality. You, know, you can talk all you want theoretically about, well, it shouldn't be for this or it shouldn't be for that. But then you're going to see Louisville load up on four stars in Michigan State. And other people are going to say, well, wait a minute, then we're going to do the same thing. That's the way it's always worked in college athletics. When somebody gets ahead, everybody else is like, well, we'll do whatever we need to do to keep up. So good luck bottling yeah. this thing. I mean, how do you know what's commiserate with the work? Yeah. You know, right. I mean, like what? They pay like a Kardashian some outstanding amount of money for one tweet or one Instagram picture. Like, I don't know. It's just it's I I feel like they need to just give up on focusing on this stuff because I just there's just no way. I mean, it's just gone. These boosters are out there unless they want to try to make the schools control their own boosters. That's the only way. And I don't know which one of these guys is going to do that because they'll all, then they just get fired. Yeah, good luck. The AD right? get fired, so yeah. they're not they're not going to do that. As has um, always been the case, it is from a job security standpoint better to do what you got to do to win than to curtail things to to try to be in compliance with whatever you think the rules or spirit of the rules should be. Uh, all right, this one was interesting. The college football playoff expansion, Kliakov. I think there are five things that need to happen. And they have to happen in a certain sequence. Number one is we've committed to each other to collectively agree on a 365-day calendar for college football and its rules. That is a process that started the last time the CFP met, and there's been work done by all the conferences in the interim. 
And it, he says, that's going to pick up next week when they meet in Park City, of course. <laughs> yeah. I love these guys. <laughs> Amateur uh, athletics, everyone. I'm shocked. They don't, what's the big international meeting, like the G5 meetings or whatever in Switzerland? I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. Davos, right. Davos or whatever. Yeah, yeah right. Davos. Davos. I'm shocked they don't go to Davos like the week That'll after. That'll be next. One. Give them time. Yeah. Oslo, like the yeah. you know Nobel Prize Committee or something. <laughs> yeah. In one one minute, he's like, I'm worried about um, uh, pay uh, commiserate with the work. At the same time, me and the guys are going to get together in Park City to talk about something we should have done 10 years ago. They're not staying at a Fairfield Inn in Park City. No, it's not the Fairfield Inn Park City. The 365-day calendar, Pat, what are they talking about? Uh, That encompasses a lot of different things. That's recruiting calendar. That's transfer calendar. Windows there. Uh... And just basically laying out how the sport operates and when there's going to be cessations in these areas and when there's going to be downtime, when there's not. And this sounds very much like George has been talking to, and we know that he does, Jim Phillips, because that's been Jim Phillips's big thing. Is like, we got to do all these other things first. And that's one of the things Jim Phillips has mentioned every single time. We've holistic got to review, review. the calendar. The yes. holistic review. Yes. We will get holistic in Park City. There, there all right. Go. I don't think this is that tough. I've, I've said certain things. I don't know whether they'll do it, but like, yeah, you, you, the transfer windows they've started to come up with, that's, you know, probably will help some way. We'll see. I, I'm a big fan of moving signing day all the way to like March 1. Absolutely. Uh, eliminating the early signing period. Although I understand people want to get on campus. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can just enroll without sign. I don't, I don't know. That's tricky. It's hard. It's, it's hard. It's, there's some certain things, but some different things they could do. All right, number two, here's what he says. Once you figure that out, I think number two is you've got to do the work related to what the format looks like, particularly what the automatic qualifiers look like. My impression is that people are really, really okay with the format that was proposed. And now we're really talking about what the AQs look like. So what is that? Is he talking about that? If you remember the one that was proposed had the top six ranked conference champions each year which we thought was a fairly elegant way of kind of solving the five and one. But a lot of these other guys want the guarantee for things like the Pac-12 and then one of the extras, which others have said is a lawsuit bait. But I guess that's the battle right now. Six or top six or five plus one. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that obviously, if you're the Pac-12 and you are, you know, you have, you're in the power five, but have one foot on the banana peel, uh, potentially slipping out of it because your your conference hasn't been part of the the playoff for quite a while, then you want that protected spot. Um, but, you know, I mean, whether at they, this point, what is what is going to take you down? We well, the, that, the, the I mean, conferences after the Big Twelve, right, are now a gutted American. Mm-hmm. The Mountain West is still what it was, so they lost BYU. Yeah, and they you know look they they are not quite as overall powerful as they have been in the past. The Mountain West is probably your sixth. Other than that, you're looking at a gutted AAC or a Sun Belt. You'd have to be passed by two leagues. Right. Yeah. To I not mean, be sick. Or you'd have to be passed by one of, oh, wait, two of them. You'd have to yeah. be passed by two. If, is that right? really going to happen? And if it does, you you guys suck. You don't want to be in the playoff. <laughs> well, exactly. It's Instead of looking for protection, how about just get better? You know, that that. There's no reason why a conference with USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, et cetera, can't have a champion that's better than the champion, as as you said, a really diminished AAC and the Mountain West, or you throw in a Sunbelt team and, you know, you're occasionally going to get a defeated Mac, maybe. But yeah, you've also changed. You got rid of divisions, so you're. Pac-12 title game is now between the top two teams, so you're you're spared of some just garbage team from a bad side mm-hmm. winning it. I just, I mean, it's just they're fighting over nothing on that. They are. Well, they're they're scared, and that's the Power Five schools. First of all, change is difficult, as we know. But the Power Five schools, instead of showing like just a, a confidence that we can do it, they want everything rigged to their advantage all the time. And it's already mostly rigged to their advantage, as we know. We see the college football playoff rankings come out, and it was an absolute, like, 
Everest climb to get Cincinnati into the top four. We saw how they treated UCF in the past when they were undefeated. I mean, Coastal Carolina, they put a cap on where they were going to be when they were undefeated. They were never getting higher than like 15. So you, you are that worried about a system that's already rigged in your favor. You want it now guaranteed in your favor. And it's a little bit off putting to me. Now, the other part of how these automatic qualifiers is what the SEC's sort of been rattling that they, you know, the, the, the last proposal said only conference champions can get the top four and a buy. Sankey has certainly, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, certainly alluded to the idea that he's scrapped that, we'll take the top four now, regardless of who would, whether you win a conference championship or not, you get no benefit, which would likely mean there's two SEC teams. So, some years, half the years, many years, who knows, uh, would get a buy. Now, I don't know what that does to the SEC championship game because it's not really um, all of a sudden doesn't really matter. It's even less. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter that much now, uh, right. a lot of years, but whatever, they have it. So we'll see on that. That would be, I guess, the other angle. But again, that's not a ton to argue over. No, no. I mean, yeah. And I don't, without the SEC, I don't know what these guys do now. They kind of have to just be like, okay. They've given up their power, argue over this. So I, they're in a lot here. No, it's it's unbelievable, really. Like, this could have all been taken care of a year ago, and this is why we haven't, because of the, 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 the list of concerns that you're putting out there? Okay. But Park City, you know, you get the Park City. <laughs> um, all right, number three is revenue split. I imagine they can figure that out. Number four is protecting the three contract bowls, the rose, sugar, and orange. Interesting. No mention of the cotton, Chick-fil-A, or uh, Fiesta. Right. Uh, but the, the like the Power 5 contracts, uh, Big 10 and Pac-12 are with the Rose. Big 12 and SEC are with the uh, Sugar. And yep. the ACC is with the Orange. So Right. So I know. don't know if that means those other three. That to me is, if I'm running one of these other three bowls that were just mentioned, I get my ass to Park City and buy a lot of really good whiskey. <laughs> That to me is just like buy me, buy me bourbon. Yeah, right. I need, I need, I need, a, I need a boat and a lot of golf this week. I, I need, need a boat. Golf. I need a golf. I need yeah. some pappy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Get the pappy Van Winkle up there. <laughs> I need all the stuff. Just, uh, just noting that uh, not. I mean, if I that's a shot across the bow. If I'm sitting around the Chick Fil A bowl, going, oh, oh all right, yeah. right. Uh, they, all right. But it's one Go thing ahead. to be part of the New Year's Six, but when you're not contractually tied mm -hmm. to one of the power five conferences you're, you're a little trouble. bit vulnerable uh and then he says number five is is announcing it what we did wrong last year is we put number five first before we took care of the open issues ari fleischer are your ears burning and yet yeah keep employing the guy oh yeah so the world's worst strategist keeps getting <laughs> strategy jobs <laughs> 15 years ripping these guys off god bless them <laughs> If you guys are going to keep giving money to someone who did it at the ass backwards every single time, yeah, it's on you, George. Like, yes. Yeah. Failing. <laughs> let's see. All right. Failing campaign to save the BCS embraces all the structural flaws of the CFP. And then when they're ready to fix the CFP, leaks it before everyone's ready for it and screws that up. Yeah. Good, work. Good times. Good times. But Park City. Uh, so anyway, that'll be soon, the Park City meeting. So maybe we'll get some details out of that. Uh, one other thing out of that interview, which was very good with, from Nicole uh, Arbach with uh, George Klyakov that caught my attention was uh, Klyakov said that he's had conversations with several of the FBS commissioners, and I've been surprised by the unanimous support for the idea among the folks that I've spoken to about taking football rulemaking and football rule enforcement out of the NCAA which is basically in terms of, for, for one sport at least, just kicking the NCAA to the curb and saying, we got this. Sounds good in theory. I still want to know who's really going to be in charge of rule enforcement. Who's going to take that on? You really think those conferences are all going to get together and say, yeah, we'll enforce each other and we name our own like enforcement staff? And I mean, I just, I think that is highly unrealistic. We've been talked about a bunch, but they like having... The NCAA as a fairly incompetent cop, the Sergeant Schultz out there that sees nothing, knows nothing, uh, that they can get work around, uh, but they don't have to be the bad guys. I really don't think these conferences are up for taking on that role.
They're not even close. This uh, this gets annoying. I'm no fan of the, I'm no defender of the NCA. We make fun of them every podcast, but like it's just their oh well, it's like a it's an applause line that has no no reality. You're right. going to do a better job. We just yeah. talked about how you announced you expanded the playoff before you expanded the playoff and screwed <laughs> the whole thing up. It's literally the easiest thing to do. You couldn't even announce it on schedule. Yeah. We talk yeah. about how you guys sat around and said, hey, NIL's coming, but, you know, it'll just be based on uh, uh, whether a player did good on Saturday. No, it didn't. In two seconds, everyone's doing that. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Right. These guys are no more. They are the NCAA. There's no, they're not capable of doing this. Right. They're a bunch of pretenders. They, they The best thing for them is to be able to blame the quote-unquote NCAA. Absolutely. It's plausible. Deniability that oh, no, we can we it's not us that can't police ourselves, it's them. They can't do it. You they know? didn't no. see the issues coming. They can't get out of their way. They can't expand a playoff that they all agreed to expand. They can't do it. So the is the NCA good at this stuff? No, but are these guys better? No. No. That's the thing. Who's gonna put together that structure? Who's gonna take that on? It's just and who's joke. gonna enforce the rules? That's, I mean, whatever. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's but you're going to have Ari Fleischer running this thing. So, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're going to get. I mean, you're going to screw it up too. So I would just keep that little building in Indianapolis. Is like a, it's it, it, it's like how when the NFL for NFL made more money off the threat of moving to LA than when they actually got to put a franchise in LA. Like every city in America built a new stadium for their team because they might go to LA. The best the best right. business the NFL had was L.A. didn't have a team. Now they got a team there and they make less money. They make good money because they got a team in L.A. You want a team in L.A., but it's better when you could sit there and go, well, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was just seen out at Mr. Charles. There's some, uh, you know, remember the guy they dropped some fancy stadium somewhere that would never happen. <laughs> and all of a sudden the local <laughs> local, uh, you know, government would pony over 800 million and we'd be good. Right. Right. Also, no. yeah, I, you I need mean, this punching back. So go ahead. Good luck. You guys have shown us no competence. Right. No. I mean, I, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Pat, one thing about uh, this podcast is we are petty. <laughs> we, we, we never forget. We do revel in the petty. When we hate something, we, we just keep beating on it. There are no such things as a dead horse. So on that thing, I think we have to tip our cap to this. An elephant in India. We've done a lot of elephant stories lately. Yep. This is the king of petty. <laughs> a 70-year-old woman in India was trampled to death by an elephant. We're sorry for your loss. Yeah, it's bad. Family of the woman. Elephant Never. ran her over. Maya Murmu. She was drawing water, and the elephant came and, and stomped her. So wow. that's terrible. Wow. He had strayed out from a, sec- a sanctuary. See, the zoos okay. are dangerous. Yeah. Well. So uh, this happened in, the, in a village in eastern India. They had a funeral for her, for, for Maya. And uh, guess who showed up at the funeral? The same <laughs> elephant. Come on, man. The elephant escaped, <laughs> came out of nowhere, and trampled her dead body again on Thursday. Come on. It's in the Daily Mail, buddy. Oh, well, if it's in the Daily Mail, then you got to believe it. The elephant is believed to have traveled from the Dalma Wildlife Sanctuary in the state of Jakar- Jarkhand. 200 kilometers away. Come on. <laughs> this is the most vengeful, spiteful, ha- hateful elephant of all time. What did this woman do to the elephant? They say There's they never vid- forget. <laughs> well, they certainly do say that. <laughs> I mean, they say they never forget. I mean, but like, if you've already killed the woman, do you have to like trample her again? Woo. This is a bitter, angry elephant. <laughs> yes, it is. Very wow. mean. Why did they not take the elephant down when he killed the person anyway? Yeah, where's uh, where's the line of defense here? Or at least, yeah. Last you, have a week, killer, you have a killer elephant out there. I would say you need to do something about that. They were arguing last week whether an elephant could be a person and therefore zoo imprisonment would be, uh, you know, illegal. Uh, or z- uh, being in a zoo would be deemed illegal imprisonment and they were going to let the elephants out of the, the bronx zoo right there on the cross bronx expressway i'm sure nothing bad could happen so but this, I, this I was not on the podcast last week what the, who is saying an elephant is a person the elephant rights people okay well if so death penalty 
Yeah, right. Human penalties for murder, mur not just murderers, but people that go stomp on their dead bodies. Oh, my God. This woman really pissed this elephant off, though. I mean, she must have done something serious. Man, that's like. Imagine being at a funeral and all of a sudden here comes the elephant. <laughs> Are they sure? How do you know it's the same one? I mean, is it like, you know, have the same gang insignia a tattoo or something on the on the arm i mean I, I, it was I just, in the daily mail pat it has well, to be true there you go it does it right. does so do not piss off an elephant everyone clearly if you're at the zoo and something's going on i don't know if there's any way that you might do something that would anger an elephant do not do it no feed it peanuts be nice there is a there is a great at when this went viral this weekend there is a there's a former uh zoo employee told a story about a elephant that hated dogs and one time <laughs> uh, another zoo employee like stopped a dog from like walking by like a service animal and the the elephant's favorite move was to throw rocks at these dogs and instead of hitting the <laughs> dog it knocked out the zookeeper from what? stopping the dog with oh the rock gosh. throw from like 20 feet away yeah with its trunk with its trunk so, yeah it hucked a rock at him it hucked a rock <laughs> at him and it and it went in and it and it hit him. And, accuracy? And accuracy knocked him out from like 20 feet away with a rock. Walked through. See? So uh, I now have an idea for my next children's book. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Epic the athletes. elephant from the Bronx leads yeah. old miss to the to the <laughs> the jello shot title. Oh, I'll do it even for you, Pat uh Sully. I'll make it Tennessee. There you go. There you go. Happy the elephant leads Tennessee Vols to the college <laughs> baseball world series championship. Kids would love that. Yes. A pitching elephant? A pitching elephant. Sure. May not then, field the position very well, but... Sully, we're going to make so much money. Let's do it. <laughs> and we will be down at Rocco's just getting hammered oh, every day. Even when the baseball's not... We'll just move to Omaha. We'll just buy, we'll just buy Rocco's. <laughs> we'll buy Rocco's off this book. You can pre-order by Venmoing me 20 bucks. May there or may not go. get written. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy the elephant. Send in the money now. Seed money for the book. Yeah. I guarantee there is no like SEC rule or NCA rule that says you cannot, you can't not not have an elephant pitching. <laughs> I, I can show me that actually, by law. Oh no, I can see like the SEC meetings. You know, the coaches were the AD with a straight face saying, "Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's a member of our team." Nothing. That, yeah, 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 some the some rogue Alabama AD back in the day probably brought it up <laughs> <laughs> like what a, can the mascot play on can the, the oh, be like that savannah bananas team right the mascot can play it's like mike the tiger is a pinch runner man the talk about the defensive shift on that everyone runs the outfield <laughs> yeah you laid out a bunt you want to tag out mike the tiger at second no you do not <laughs> everyone's like i'm done man i'm going over rocco's i wanted to win but <laughs> Got to lay it on the line. Yeah, play the Mike, right way. Mike the Tiger ate his third shortstop of the season. <laughs> <laughs> has has 1,000 steals and, and 14 second baseman eaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. That's got to be our podcast. We're now <laughs> we're making jokes of, a, of an elephant who killed a woman and then screwed up her funeral. <laughs> Uh, kind of low, even for us. It is pretty low, pretty low. But yeah. Uh, but I yeah, we, we can at least recognize and salute the petty involved there. Yeah, we'll find lower. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back later in the week. Uh, keep buying your shots out there. We'll give you an update on the Rocco standings. Subscribe. Leave us a nice review. Keep sending us crazy stories or whatever. We will talk to you later.